Okay, let's turn to Psalm 34. We're going to continue along the lines of getting free from all fears. Amen? I didn't hear much excitement about that. <laughs> Praise God. Psalm 34. Amen. There are people that would say it's just not possible to live a life free from fear, but that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus has already made it possible. Amen? So, Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord in the good times. Is that what it says? <laughs> no. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So not just in your mind, not just in your heart, in your mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, but he had the day off. Is that what it says? <laughs> no. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. The Good News Translation says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. The Amplified Bible says, I sought the Lord on the authority of his word, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Now the last time we talked a lot about uh, the source of fear. And before sin came into the earth, there was no death and there was no fear. And if there had never been any sin, there would never have been any death. And if there had never been any death, there never would have been any fear. We looked at Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 that said the devil had the power of death, past tense. He had the power of death. Uh, Jesus came to earth, died on the cross, took the punishment and paid the penalty for our sin, went to hell and defeated the devil. And Jesus paralyzed the devil, took the keys of hell and death, and he freed us from the devil's control, including fear. So we saw that fear of death is not just fear of physically dying. Um, it includes that, but uh, it also in, it means uh, fear of uh, death is also separation. It's separ separation from someone you love or separation from something that's important to you, that you value. Um, it's uh, not getting afraid that you're not going to get something that you desire, that's also included in the fear of death. We saw that fear makes you subject to bondage. Uh, the devil uses fear to control people and, and make a slave out of them. 
Fear has torment, the Bible says. 1 John 4.18 Jesus came to free us from slavery to fear. So did he do it? Yeah, he did it. And so now we need to start experiencing that uh, on a regular basis. We, you know, not just, uh, not just in theory, but on an everyday living in this world basis. So fear has lost its hold on us. Now we can yield to it. When it comes, we can yield to it. We can receive it. And our spirit will store it up. But our spirit, our born-again spirit, we didn't, that's what it said in Romans 8, I think 15, uh, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So our born-again spirit is not capable of producing fear like that old man, that old sin nature did. It produced a, a fountain of fear. But we didn't receive another spirit that produces fear. That's what Romans 8, 15 is telling us the truth is Satan is afraid of you. That's the real truth. He's afraid of you. We saw in John 14, 27, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said, You see to it that, that your heart is not troubled or afraid. So it must be possible or Jesus wouldn't have given us such a direct command. The Phillips translation says, I give you my own peace, and my gift is nothing like the peace of this world. You must not be distressed, and you must not be daunted. So that's pretty strong language there. You must not be distressed or daunted. The Amplified Classic says, Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Proverbs 4.23, you can just jot that down. It says, diligently guard your heart. So this is all part of diligently guarding your heart. When Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled or afraid, that agrees with Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart, for out of it flow the forces of life. Uh, we will have thoughts of fear. We will have feelings of fear. But their ability to, to hold us in bondage and control us has been broken. We've been freed from that. So we don't have to yield to thoughts and feelings of fear. Yes, they're going to come at us. But we don't have to yield to them, and we don't have to come under their control. So at the first thought or feeling of fear, what do we do? We resist it. We resist it. We say, no, you're not coming in. Spirit of fear, I cast you out. You have no control over me. Jesus has freed me from your power, and, and you're not coming in. Hallelujah. Now the devil may say it's too late. You're already afraid. <laughs> you know, you say, no, you're not coming in. You're not coming in. I've been delivered. Amen. So everybody say out loud, don't let it in. So everybody is aware 
Uh, we all know, we all recognize fear when it comes at us. So at the first sign, we don't let it in. Now, we need to confront fears when they're small. Uh, fear is obvious and recognizable. Dread is something more subtle. Dread is like on the low, low end spectrum of fear. Um, it, it's, it's not so recognizable, it's, it's quite subtle. And if we don't recognize dread as part of an attack of fear, we probably won't deal with it at all. Some people dread cleaning the house. Some people dread going back to work after a holiday. I think that's probably quite a common one. <laughs> Some people dread uh, making a particular phone call. Some people dread Christmas, you know? Uh, I, I enjoy Christmas. Of course, I don't have to cook for 15 people either, you know? But, but uh, the devil uses dread to rob us of enjoying life. So if we gotta clean the house anyway, why dread it, you know? So set your mind and declare by faith, Lord, anoint me to perform this mundane task uh, and to enjoy it when other people might not enjoy it. And I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy in this. If I've got to clean the house, I'll clean it with joy and I'm asking you to anoint me. If I've got to go back to work tomorrow, then anoint me, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to let the devil rob me of, of joy throughout my day. Amen? So, what are the things that you fear? Things that have not happened yet. The things we fear are things that have not happened yet and probably never will most of the time. Probably never will happen. Yet, we fear it will happen, so that's why we worry about it. We fear it will happen anyway, that's why we worry about it. Uh, turn back a few pages to Job. It's right before Psalms. There's just one book back. Job. One, verse four. He's talking about, he starts out here by telling us how blessed and prosperous Job was the wealthiest man in the east. And it goes on in verse four to say, And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, underline that phrase, for Job said, it may be, underline that phrase, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. He didn't say they had sinned against God. He didn't say they had gone off the rails. He just was afraid they might. They might sin against God. They might go off the rails. 
They, they may have sinned against God. The Good News translation says, He always did this because he thought that one of them might have sinned by insulting God unintentionally. So Job got into fear that his kids might have sinned against God or they might in the future. And he got into fear about it. And he started acting on his fear. He started making these sacrifices to God every, you know, continually. Um, he was like repenting on behalf of his kids and he didn't even know that they had sinned. It was, they might. Something that might not have even happened. He got, was already in the fear about it. So he, he started offering these sacrifices to God on their behalf and he was doing it in fear. He wasn't doing it in faith. He was doing it in fear. He was being led by fear. Verse 11. Now this is a devil talking to God. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. Verse 12. God said... All he has is in your power. Now people preach this, that God turned Job over to Satan. That is not what this says. God did not turn Job over to Satan. God said, all he has is in your power. Now the word power there is the Hebrew word for hand. He's already in your hand. That's what God's saying. And God didn't put Job in Satan's hand. Job put Job in Satan's hand. And he did it through talking and acting on fear. Job opened the door to the devil through fear. And fear brings destruction. It's the law of attraction. Fear brings destruction. And on down in verse, over in verse 3, verse 25, we see this law of attraction. Job said, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. The uh, contemporary English version says, My worst fears have all come true. The easy-to-read version says, I was afraid something terrible would happen, and what I feared most has happened. The New Living Translation says, What I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. So we're going to have thoughts of feelings, and thoughts and feelings of fear come at us. But they will die unborn if we don't speak them. So don't talk your fears. Now last meeting we talked about resisting fear and not letting it in your heart. But if you're talking fear, you're not resisting it. You're opening the door to it. So that's, and it's a very subtle thing. So you really got to be on your toes about it. If you talk fear, you're giving place to the devil. Faith and fear don't mix like water and oil don't mix. 
Uh, if you, if I took this glass and it was half full of milk and I started pouring water in it, eventually all the milk would be displaced by water. If I just kept pouring water, there would no longer be any milk in there. The water would have displaced the milk. Well, that's the way fear, well, if you keep talking fear and acting on fear, all the faith that you have, it will displace it. It, it, will, it will overcome your faith. And it will, it will remove the faith that you have. It's the law of displacement. And words put spiritual laws into motion. Faith is the spiritual substance that brings things you desire. That's why we make these declarations appear. That's why we speak out these faith declarations. We're speaking out the things we desire. We're putting into motion this law of attraction. Faith brings what we desire. Fear brings what you don't desire. Same law, it's just in reverse. So when you're in faith, you're out of fear. And when you're in fear, you're out of faith. So don't talk your fears. Now Job had faith. But by talking his fears and acting on his fears, he lost his faith. He got it back, but he had a rough year. <laughs> Most Bible scholars believe this, this uh, event was over the period of about one year of his life. It wasn't his whole life like this. And if you read the back of the book, he really... He, he, not, he, he was, everything was restored abundantly, many times over what he had to begin with, but he had a rough year there. We have to have aggressive faith when it comes to the promises of God. So don't put up with feelings and thoughts of fear. Command them to leave, speak to them. God miraculously delivered the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, he said, I've already given you the land. He had already given them the promised land. All they needed to do was go in and possess it. Uh, let's turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. And Behold, the Lord thy God has set the land before thee. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of thy fathers has said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. So when the leaders brought back the report of the land, they told the people, yeah, it's just like God said, it, it's a good land. But we saw giants there. And after hearing about the giants, they totally forgot about all the good aspects of the land. They forgot all the good reports. They even brought back evidence of the fruit that was there. I mean, grapes the size of a, probably a, a small basketball or something. Uh, took two men to bring back one cluster of grapes. But when they heard the report about the giants, all, all of the faith that was generated was displaced by fear. The fear over 
took them because they didn't resist fear. They yielded to it. And after hearing about the giants, they went home and they cried all night. If you're crying and scared, are you in faith? No. But the words about the good land produced faith. The words about the giants produced fear. And they were full of fear. And they said they would be handed over to the Amorites. And that's exactly what happened. What they feared came upon them. Instead of resisting fear and not letting it in their heart, they yielded to it and they didn't trust God. They didn't trust God. <clears throat> they didn't trust the one who said, I give you the land, go up and possess it. They were actually afraid of God. We won't turn there, but Psalm, write down Psalm 103.7. It says, He revealed His character to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. So the people only knew God's mighty works. They had, seen, they had seen the Red Sea part and they walked through on dry ground. They had seen water come out of a rock. They had seen God fly in quail without an airplane. They had seen all this miraculous provision. So they knew God's mighty works, but they didn't know Him. And they didn't know his character. They didn't know his, his nature is love. They, they didn't know him. Moses knew him, but the people only knew his works. So, even though they saw God deliver and provide for them over and over, it didn't produce any faith. Faith is in God's character. And Moses knew God's character and his nature, and that's why he trusted God. The people didn't trust God because they didn't know him. So if you know someone loves you, you're not afraid of them. If you know someone loves you, you're not afraid of them. You trust them. Anybody that you love and they love you, you trust them. You, you, you don't... You, you know whatever they tell you, you can believe it. They'll do what they say they'll do. You can trust what they say because you trust them. And, and this is, uh, you know, what happened to the Israelites. They thought, uh, you know, they, they said, God, do you hate us so much that you brought us out here to destroy us? You know, they thought God hated them because he was leading them into a confrontation. But sometimes God will deliver us from confrontations, but sometimes he will anoint us to face them and confront them and go through them. And that's what he had planned for Israel here. He wasn't going to deliver them from the confrontation, but he was anointing them to go through that confrontation and defeat the enemy. But fear overtook them and they yielded to it. Uh, you know, the devil says it's too hard. He says this is just too hard to try to get us to give up and quit. Uh, Deuteronomy 30.11, just write that down, we won't turn there. 
But in the New Century Version, it says, This command I give you today is not too hard for you. It is not beyond what you can do. So God doesn't command us uh, and give us instructions to do things that's too difficult. If it's too difficult, he wouldn't tell us to do it. He wouldn't expect us to do it. He says it's not too hard for you. It's not beyond what you can do. As believers, we are not to fear what other people fear. Uh, write down Isaiah 8.12. Isaiah 8.12. Uh, it says in the uh, contemporary English version, Don't be afraid of something just because they are. Don't be afraid of something just because they are. The Good News Translation says, Do not be afraid of the things that they fear. The Message Translation says, Don't be like this people, always afraid somebody is plotting against them. Don't fear what they fear. Don't take on their worries. That's good, isn't it? Let's say this together. God's got my back. God's got my back. Amen. Let's say it one more time. God's got my back. God's got my back. Amen. So the things the world fears is not our inheritance. And we're the one who controls our attitude. We can fear and dread what the world fears. Or we can put our trust in God. And believe he'll do what he says in his word. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. Now, um, we're, we're kind of winding down here. Let's turn to 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verse 16. 1 John 4, 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. You know, we, uh, the, the church spends a lot of time talking about how we should love God and how we should love each other, but we don't hear a whole lot about how much God loves us. You don't hear a whole lot of, uh, of teaching on how much God loves us. And this Bible is a personal letter written to us from the one who loves us. And we need to read this like a personal letter, not like some rule book of do's and don'ts. This is a personal letter uh, from, from the one who loves us. So that's why we need to read it in faith, that God loves us and that he's not mad at us. That's the way some people read the Bible. Woe is me, you know, woe to, woe to them that, you know, do evil and whatever. They, they read it with like a, a negative mindset. We need to read it in faith. Amen? Galatians 5.6 says faith works by love. Tree of Life version says trust and faithfulness expressing itself through love. And I think one reason people are low on their faith level is because we don't know really how much God loves us. 
Hallelujah. I mean, I would say, you know, the majority of most Christians, we just don't really have a revelation of how much God loves us. If we did, we wouldn't be so fearful, you know? We wouldn't be so fearful um, about, we wouldn't be afraid of God, we wouldn't be afraid of, you know, that we're not going to make it, we wouldn't be afraid He's not going to provide. Uh, you know, there are people that can quote the Bible backward and forward, but it's just words, you know, it's just words to them. But but the one behind the words needs to become real to us. Let's say this together. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me above all. Amen. Verse 16 goes on to say, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect. That word perfect means complete or mature. Uh, herein is our love made complete or mature that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. So when Jesus returns, we have no reason to be afraid. Amen? We have no reason to be afraid. When he returns, we just say, hey, Jesus, I'm right over here, <laughs> you know? No reason to be afraid. We're right over here. We've been, we've been looking for you, you know? So you're not afraid of somebody who loves you. If you really know they love you, you're, you have no reason to be afraid of them. Uh, verse 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect, complete, mature love uh, casteth out fear. That's, again, we see the law of displacement there. Love casts out fear. It, it displaces fear. Uh, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made complete or mature in love. The complete Jewish Bible says, the person who keeps fearing has not been brought to maturity in regard to love. The person who keeps fearing has not been brought to maturity in regard to love. So this is what we need to grow in. Uh, when we're not fully persuaded about how much God loves us, it leaves a vacuum there for fear to operate. Uh, let's turn to uh, one more scripture here, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by name, thou art mine. Now, you remember over in Galatians 3.13, Paul's writing to born-again believers, and he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So, uh, verse 2 here goes on to say, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, 
Thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. We just sang this song based on this scripture a few weeks ago. Um, Verse 5, fear not, for I am with thee. Uh, Let's say this again. God's got my back. Amen. So as the righteousness of God, we've been redeemed from all fears. And when we know what the word says, it displaces fear. When we know that God loves us and we know that he's for us and he's not against us and we know he's got our back and we know, uh, you know, he's faithful to keep his promises, then, you know, it displaces that fear uh, when we know that God is for us and he's in us and he's not against us. Uh, And we really got to have this in our heart. You know, you can have it in your head, but we really got to get this in our heart. We really need a revelation that God is for us and he's not mad at us and he's not trying to teach us something by putting us through some horrendous ordeal. Uh, You know, he's on our side. And if we trust in him, he will bring us out. Amen. Isaiah 54, verse 4. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. Verse 14 uh, tells us what we've been redeemed from. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. God has promised the redeemed that we can look forward to a life free from fear, here and right now. Uh, Verse 15, Behold, they shall surely gather together. Talking about fear, terror, and oppression. They shall surely gather together, but not by me. He's saying, fear, terror, and oppression is going to come against you, but I didn't send it. I'm not sending fear, terror, and oppression. It's not from me. Verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousnesses of me, saith the Lord. So, This is our heritage as the redeemed. Amen? A life free from fear, terror, and oppression. Amen? Praise God. Let's say this together. I will never be involved in a terror attack. I will never be involved in a terror attack. I will never be killed in a car wreck. I will never be killed in a car wreck. Amen? I'm always in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. God is for us, not against us. God is for us, not against us. He's going to take care of us. I will pray about everything and fear nothing. When Christ died on the cross, I died with him. I am dead to living in fear. The Holy Spirit helps me me to confront and overcome fear. fear. 
I will resist what the devil tries to put on me. I put my trust and confidence in God and expect good to happen to me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're getting free from fear. We're getting free from fear. Amen. 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 It, it, it's losing its grip. Hallelujah.